This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash! Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Hello and welcome back to the Sadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hunt. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks, man. I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. How are you? <laughs> well, yes, good as it can be expected. Yeah, sorry for uh, the podcast being late. I was kind of KO'd for a few days, uh, as you can probably hear. But um, the news that broke this morning, I was looking like E.T. when they find him, you know, he's all grey and just like, Ugh, and then all of a sudden <laughs> I was up like Undertaker. Be like, we need to pod now. We do, absolutely. We need to. Uh, but before that, we hope everyone else is staying safe and staying well, wherever you are in the world. Um, some fun football over the weekend, but I think we're going to kind of focus on the news that Jose Mourinho has been fired as manager of Roma. We're going to talk about that. Maybe quick mention for Serena Vikman, who extended her contract as England manager, along with her assistants, to after the World Cup in 2027. Wonderful and then we'll news. do a quick roundup of some stuff. Bundesliga back. Oh, look at Jaden Sancho having fun. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Straight back in the saddle. Oh my. Oh my. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And um, uh, some admin. Counterpress is back this week. Go and check Counterpressed. No, Righty's House today. But Righty's House will be back on Friday. And apparently it's supposed to be you and I doing it. Oh my goodness. Well, look forward to that. So apologies in advance, everyone. <laughs> Because you'll also get Stadio on Thursday. Yeah, plenty to keep you keep you going this week. Don't forget to sign up for the Stadio newsletter. Go to stadio.football, scroll to the bottom, pop your email address in. And a quick reminder, if you want to listen to all the music we play out on each episode, search for Stadio Outros on Spotify as a playlist of all of the music we play out with. If you don't make it to the end because you, can't, you just can't hack it that long, you're missing a little tune every episode. You absolutely are. All right, so today... As we mentioned, we're going to do some managerial stuff and then we'll maybe do a little bit of a roundup. So let's get into it after this. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Jose Mourinho sacked by Roma after a disastrous defeat to Lazio in the Coppa Italia. The Serie A defeat was one thing uh, which kind of puts them out of contention for the Champions League. But I think the loss to Lazio 1-0 in the Coppa Italia following on the back of disappointing sets of results in Serie A over the last couple of seasons, really. And the thing, and this is maybe a theme for Mourinho in recent seasons, at Spurs, you know, in his previous job and currently at Roma, maybe even Manchester United, cup competitions are keeping Mourinho afloat because league performances are disappointing. And Mourinho, Joe's Mourinho at this point of his career is resembling one of those great bands that can no longer necessarily put together great full-length albums, but release exciting EPs and singles now and again. But he struggles to put together continuous stretch of league form and that fundamentally is what he was employed for and that's what he's been sacked for yeah i i get that but i also i think the clubs that he's managed in the, you know manchester united at the time spurs and now roma i think putting together you know a sustained run of league form has never i mean few managers at any of those clubs have really done that in the past however long Really, maybe apart from Antipas, that's why Antipas de Coglu is showing such a massive upshift. And even then, they had a load of defeats because they had a load of injuries. This is I true. Think, and at the same I time... Think, I, think yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's a different profile of club that he's... I think he's dropped down. This is no disrespect to Roma whatsoever, but this isn't winning the treble with Inter and then going on to manage Real Madrid. This is a different era Mourinho. And I think he knows that. He even mentioned that. I think there's a great... Um, a couple of great pieces that I'd recommend reading. One from Nicky Bandini in The Guardian and mm. another one from James Horncastle from just after Christmas, actually, which was really, really good on The Athletic about Mourinho. And in uh, Nikki's piece, I think Nikki said, um, there's a quote that she put in there from that Mourinho said about him being Jose Harry Potter Mourinho. Mm. People you know, expect that. And yeah. people expect that. And I think, it's a, I think his time at Roma is one of, uh, people love to just, some of Mourinho's stuff within, you know, a little nice little sentence, like he's either done or he's amazing or it's, you know, he's the goat or he's washed or whatever. And I think the the Mourinho at Roma era is such an interesting era for me, or was such an interesting era, I should say now, past tense, which is sad. Mm. Because he had a lot of ammo to argue his corner recently, you know, in terms of some of the injuries they've had, also the financial restrictions that they've, uh, that they're under at the moment, all because of that massive spend in his first year in charge, you know? So it's kind of like stuff that he benefited from has now cost him and he's had to manage within those restraints. League form, I mean, what, back-to-back six-place finishes, which for Roma at the moment with the league, I don't think is massively dreadful. This season, what, they ninth at the moment, I think? 
They, right. they beat Napoli and then they kind of just went, and that was a, the only great result really in this league form, this run of league form, which has been dreadful. Considering some of the criticism from the outside, internally at the club, it just seems like with fans, players and whatnot, it just seems to be like he has been universally popular. Mm. So you're more, you would have kept him then? I probably would have kept until the summer anyway, because I think his contract's up in June. And unlike Mourinho, actually, he was making a lot of potential concessions in the media about like extending his contract and stuff. He really wanted to stay by all accounts. Like every, everything he was kind of saying. Oh, great club. Great job. Why would you, why would you want to leave? In the landscape of modern football, I think we might have said this before, few clubs fit this era of Mourinho as much as Roma mm. because the name Jose Mourinho carries so much weight still. You know, the Premier League, I think, really do... You know, everyone in the Premier League is crying out for him to come back in some, some way. Ironically, probably, if, unless you, if you're like a top four club, you don't want to manage in your club, but there are loads of other people but who would that, love him just that, because it's Jose Mourinho. That's also right? interesting. That's also interesting, the thing about if you're a top four club, you don't want him managing. I think maybe Mourinho, and this is the thing, great as long as he's winning titles so you saw him win the Europa Conference League which was huge don't look that for Roma that was enormous almost won absolutely massive the Europa yeah. League which would have been incredible I like went within yeah. yeah like all this, those small margins if Mourinho wins the Europa League and this is maybe this is a what if the period of grace that he has I think is longer because well, they winning, were in the Champions League this year if he right but even for that yeah that's huge that's huge that changes everything so you could look back at that and think like these are the margins I was I was cheated by Crucial injuries, uh, well, crucial injury to Paolo Dybala, to be honest. That was, that was a big one. And the problem, I think, really is what has left him undone is the performance of other clubs around him in the league uh, with fewer resources. So Bologna, Fiorentino. Now, there could be an excuse there even for him in the sense that we've seen clubs surging it happens every year. It happens in the Premier League. A team will surge because we haven't worked out what to do with them yet. And second half of the season, like say at Brentford, they, they recede into the chasing pack. People work them out. They get exhausted. The squad depth isn't great. So you could argue there, well, maybe second half of the season, the experience of Mourinho comes into play. Now, the problem is, didn't work for Rudy Garcia. You know, but then he didn't, didn't have a bank. The thing is, Garcia didn't have a bank of like capital to draw on. I suppose Mourinho, the thing with him he might feel is that the goodwill dissipated quicker than he thought. That's why that might be a bitter ending, actually. He might have thought that. You know, the fact that there was no offer of an extension, mm. despite him making numerous like noises about wanting to manage Roma yeah. forever, I think that was kind of clear that he, knew the he game was going to go in the summer anyway, which right. is why they've probably acted, because it's not going to cost them, they're not going to pay out any more than they would have done if they kept him. Mm they really want to make a push for Champions League. You know, mm. they want to get themselves into like fifth place just in case Serie A get that extra spot. I can kind of see the, the, the arguments for both. Their league form has been really poor this mm. season. They've also got the third highest wage bill in Serie A. Jose Mourinho's salary is massive. Uh, higher than Pioli's. Like Pioli, uh, I think it was in Nicky's piece, Pioli's never lost to Mourinho. And we could also argue that almost everyone at Milan is underpaid. I mean, well, yeah, you can, you yeah. Can, I mean, that, that's all, that's not, that's another, yeah. 
like with much stuff like this, it's never quite as easy just to be like, nah, it's done, get right. out of there. I mean, the football wasn't great, but the feeling that they had around the place was just like, he really harnessed that kind of like, this is Roma. All of the guys who come through here are like massive Roma fans. This is what it means to them. Even at the bad times, that's what made it so enjoyable. Right. Uh, as, as a neutral, I think, watching Mourinho's Roma. Now, the football was never that great. But to be honest, it was never truly about the football. Does that make sense? It does. There were, pa- there were, there were patches. There were patches when the football, when you saw Pellegrini really going for it and Dybala and you, we, when you saw it combining, there were moments that were glorious. Not moments, that's not fair. There were matches, there were stretches where you really were excited. I mean, to be honest, let's get nostalgic briefly. The Tammy Abraham stuff. And there was a point of Tammy's arc where you really felt, you know, they could do something. And they were, actually, no, no, to be fair, they were doing something. They did, they were doing something. They did something. It was real. It was legit. And it's a shame that it has, look, I, I feel it's a shame. Not everything he did there, not everything under his tenure, not all the behavior was desirable. But I felt in terms of Roma's, in terms of resto- restoring Roma to a proper, to being a serious proposition, mm. to being a team that wouldn't necessarily win the title in the short term or even in the medium term, but who would be a kingmaker and be in the mix. That was, that was something that he helped to do, I think. Can I uh, read out a piece from James Horncastle's, a, a little bit from James Horncastle's piece? Because oh my goodness, yes. James says lowlights, but are they really lowlights or are they highlights for the neutral? God. James's piece says, uh, lowlights include Mourinho wearing a wire to protect himself from referees and fourth officials and giving an entire post-match interview to Italian broadcaster DeZone in Portuguese because evidently his Italian isn't polished enough after he was placed under investigation for saying the designated referee from, for Sassuolo Roma, quote, does not have the emotional stability for a game of this level. Uh, it, James goes on to say Roma have in some respects allowed Mourinho to be the full Mourinho and whatever you make of the football it's pretty much what you'd expect only with a back three he is entitled to channel Maximus Decimus Meridius and ask are you not entertained I it's mean, just like absolutely fair it's absolutely fair from James also there was another bit he said uh, there have been more than 20 sendings off for him and his assistants Jesus. since he's been there and do you remember, like, I mean, to be honest, the amount of times that we've been like, Jose's at it again. Just That's smashing true. the ball away and not getting sent off for that. Getting sent off for something else in the same game. Just so much sorry, noise but come, fucking, yeah. look, just, listen, I will, I will look back at this era as a neutral very fondly. <laughs> because, you know, he brought something that they haven't brought for a while, which was a Europe. Well, it would have been, uh, it was 60 years since they'd won a European trophy. Right. 60 years right. right? he brought a European trophy now yeah granted it was the conference league it was it was the first season of that competition but still it's still a European competition you saw how much it meant to West Ham last season it's basically the cup winners cup yeah basically yeah it is in terms of like um, level of quality and that is that's that was look that was always a highly respected trophy back in the day it was a big it was great big man yeah, like I remember deal. when Arsenal won the cup winners cup in 94 it was huge and for clubs that win it it's often a springboard yeah. And you can argue winning the Europa League was another springboard. Or, well, getting to the it final. Been. Spring, it would have yeah. been. It would have been. Yeah. Like if they'd been. won that Europa, I know, I know ifs and buts and blah, blah, blah. I mean, 
on the flip side of that, the behaviour towards Anthony Taylor afterwards was despicable and the bad side of Mourinho, right? That's your absolute low point, yeah. yeah. You can drop all that bullshit because actually he doesn't need to do any of that. He never needed to do it in the first place, but he absolutely doesn't need to do it now. Did he ever do that stuff as a front runner? Did he ever do it when he felt he was in charge? Like, you look at like um, Porto, Milan, Chelsea. He talked a lot, but the, the physical stuff or the intimidation, did he ever, I suppose with Wenger really, but even with Wenger, like the stuff with, like, do you know when Suarez is struggling? When Suarez is struggling and, Su- and Suarez was like, would bite people in his moments of like, when he felt he was like overmatched. When Mourinho feels overwhelmed, he reaches for that stuff. Yeah. If you look at Mourinho's arc and when he's most effective, I think there is that element of like, he knows that he's not going to get the resources at those huge clubs anymore. He knows those massive jobs aren't coming calling anymore. That's a, that's maybe some sort of, acceptance he's had to make privately maybe if not publicly that's fine yeah and also though i think the question is now the question really is where now i think yeah because he's someone who wants to carry on coaching wanted to stay at rome he wants to carry on coaching the question is what what position what job fits his skill sets what would he get offered what would he want i suppose you know everyone is talking about newcastle now mm. which I mean, in theory, sounds really fun as a neutral. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't, I, I don't, I mean, I would love to see it happen. For Stadio, it'd be great because you'd literally see a what if come to, to life. I also just don't but, think that Howe's a, I think this Howe's a better fit though at this point. Yeah. And I, mean, I think also yeah. that they seem to have done, that. I think they're just way, way too smart. Yeah. They, nothing Newcastle have done to this point implies that they would risk their progress by appointing Mourinho. Nothing does. Yeah. I mean, if this was like early Man City, where you've got a guy like Shinawatra who's impressed by glamour and names, they put Mourinho in there. Because it's just, it's such a kind of like, you know, it, it, the cachet, the name. But what Newcastle are building is far more pragmatic than that. I'd be extremely surprised if they approach Mourinho. I'd be really surprised. Like the noise, yeah, the noise in this would come from Mourinho's camp, not from them. Yeah, and I think also just the narrative, it's too much of a narrative. I mean, yeah. the other big job that he, you know, was rumoured to be offered was uh, was the Portuguese job, which I still think is is going to be a job he takes at one point. Now, a poor performance in the Euros from Portugal might mean that they, this kind of works out quite well for them, if you think mm-hmm. about it, because although Martinez, has, I think, has done a pretty good job since he's been there, I mean, the press release I got from his camp told me he was doing a good job, but I, <laughs> I mean, look, he is, like, he is doing a good job. I'm being, I'm being, he is doing a good job. I'm just making fun of the press release, that's all. If they don't do well in the Euros, mm. could you see them potentially being like, all right, we're going to get Josie in now? I see, see, I think that's a better shout for him. Because it's like I, six months, six months chilling and then into the Portuguese job. If, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense, to be honest, because then you don't have the, the question about resources off the table, you can't then talk about, oh, I, I need more investment. You're working with absolutely who you have. I think it might galvanize people, actually. Huh. I, think it might, I think it might be a really interesting direction for him and, and his players. Could be. Yeah, like man- it's a completely different job managing internationally. And the prestige of Mourinho managing Portugal, now he's still like a... He's huge there. He's huge. Like, you know, in terms of like, I, I, I remember talking to a Portuguese friend of mine who was, you know, and I was being quite critical of Mourinho. And 
it was striking to see my friend who's, you know, very sort of progressive and all the rest, but defending Mourinho in actually quite a, like an <laughs> extremely, he's one of ours. An, an, yeah, an extremely sort of like swivel-eyed fashion. And I was like, no, actually, no, fair enough. Like he is as a symbol and as him leading Portugal and they, it can be framed as a homecoming, which it would be. And they, ultimately he has won everything. I'm a command respect for that reason. And also like a tournament, like tournament Mourinho is still, he's got the chops. You look at the cups, like even when he was struggling in the league, Mourinho in a tournament, in a head to head would be horrible as a proposition because he would extract every bit of effort from the players. He would tell what it meant to play for the country. And I think it might revitalize him. I think it might be the thing that he needs now because I think it's managing league stuff, injuries, politics. There's a lot of drudgery. And if you manage international level, you just strip a lot of that out. You strip a lot of it out. And also like the national team and the country will know exactly what they're getting. I don't know. It could work for him, actually. I think the Saudi Pro League will come calling again. Of Although course, to, be honest, to be honest, dude, it kind of when, feels when like they, that, that initial... Although, to be honest, it kind of feels like that initial wave is already over where I think they tried to get him last year and, it, mm. and I'm not entirely sure. Like, it looks like they're already cutting back on spending and players are already... It's not... It doesn't already have the... It doesn't still have the continued buzz that it had when everyone started going there last year, right? Mm. So I wonder whether that's already... I mean, they'll throw the bag at him to try and try right. and convince him to do it, but I'm, not, I'm still not entirely sure that he will want to do that yet because I think he... He still thinks that he can go and do... Like, do you know what? I have one more mischievous, very, very mischievous potential. Oh, no. I know what you're going to say. Do you, though? My ex? Oh, God, no. I don't know. That, that's, that's mischievous. That's mischievous. I'm, I'm just saying, I think Javi Hernandez might be in danger. No, stop, stop that. And, stop uh, stop and I think, that. Stop and I think that. Stop the that. full arc, if we were going to go full, like, what is best for football folklore? They would never. <laughs> Barcelona I, I, would. The only reason I said that is because I genuinely think that if that happened, the Barca fans that we know will just would uproar, uproar. That would be. It would be. People would be tearing up seats in the stadium. Yeah, that that's absolutely the. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. I'm so sorry. They're, they're I, don't be angry. Mean it. I don't mean it. Don't come at me. They're going to be angry that we spoke that into existence. The fact that we've mm. actually met. Yeah. Jose Mourinho to Barcelona. Stop it. Stop it. Stop, Can stop you? it. I don't, I've already regretted it. I don't mean it. Please. Anyone. Oh my goodness. Do you know what? Actually, not the worst idea. Cancelo's there. Joao Felix. Hey, the football can't get much worse either. So just saying. Listen. Replacing Mourinho, replacing Xavi with Mourinho is. Does anything say more than a club, more than hiring Jose Mourinho at this oh point my, in his career? Oh I'm my sorry. goodness. Oh I'm my sorry. Goodness. <laughs> From one perspective, it makes sense, to be honest. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't stop it. You're trying to. Musa's laughing silently. He's trying to be. He's, he's now trying to. Fair and balanced. Yeah. Fair and balanced. Fair and balanced. You've got to see both sides of this. You've got to see both sides. This isn't the fucking BBC. Get <laughs> up. <laughs> this isn't a democracy. <laughs> it's not a democracy. <laughs> so let's move on to basically who, who we think is going to replace him because it looks like, although I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what they're going to do in the long term, but um, apparently Daniela De Rossi is 
going to be there oh. till the end of the season. I like that a lot. It's a smart move in terms of PR because you've got rid of someone, obviously, who was very, very popular amongst Roma supporters. You replace him with a club legend until the end of the season. Smart. And then smart. apparently, according to Fabrizio Romano, that's going to be a contract until the end of June and then with the option to extend if things go okay. But I don't know, man. I mean, he's not... He had that one, what? That one season, barely a season at Spal, which didn't go well. And he got fired. I think they were 18th in Serie B when he when he let, got let go. And that's his only job so far, like senior job. So... But you're writing the league. You're basically writing off Champions League. That's well, this the is thing. the thing why I, then, I don't really understand. If that's the case, then I don't really understand why they've made the move from Marine to get rid of Mourinho now anyway, because his contract was up at the end of the year. Well, probably, Do you know what I mean? It kind of feels like if they're not making moves now to push for Champions League qualification this season, or at least maybe like European qualification, then mm. why make the move at all? Because it's not beyond the bounds of imagination that he fell out. Oh, people. yeah, God, yeah. Yeah, Once, but I don't think, I, don't, I so can't then, imagine so it would then, have been that popular among the players though. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that the eternal question, who do you get is good enough to manage the club long term in that period? You don't. And so De Rossi just sounds like a smart, it sounds like a smart short-term measure. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see him go after someone like Tiago Motta. I think Tiago Motta would be an amazing hire. I mean, yeah, I think so. And it's It's great. You know, I'd love to actually see, I don't want him to do that now. I want to see how this Bologna side does. But if that Bologna side finishes top four, which isn't unthinkable, the way they've been playing the season. Can you imagine if Thiago Motta takes... They're not, they're not working with as much. Can you imagine if Thiago Motta takes Bologna to the Champions League? No reason why he shouldn't. It's an open field at the point at this point. It's a broken field, so there's going to be one club that will take advantage. I mean, Inter are just... Yeah. Inter it's going to be scary. Inter, Juve plus two, right? That's going to be the... Yeah. It's going to be a top four. But uh, anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But um, quickly, other, other managerial news. Serena Wiegmann has extended her contract as England coach until after the World Cup in 2027, which is mega news. Love that. Uh, assistants have uh, also extended. Arguably best coach in the world at that, you know, in, in international football, yeah. arguably. Um, incredible track record. Yeah, just all good yeah. news. All good news. And, uh, we're going to get Wiegmann versus Hayes. Yes, can't wait. I, mean, I hope off. we do. I hope we get. <laughs> I, I just hope they can like shoehorn in as many England USA friendlies as possible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should we take a quick break? Yeah, let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Seven Eleven. Cold Slurpee drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about Seven Eleven's one dollar small Slurpee drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A couple of things to shout out before we round up some football. Can I just shout out uh, Baghdad Bunjaz? Unbelievable spiritually onside goal for Algeria in AFCON. Uh, an unbelievable chest overhead kick correctly called for offside, although it was tight. And uh, it was a very, very spiritually onside goal. While we're doing actually um, shout out to African Cup of Nations, shout out to Cape Verde for beating oh God, Ghana yeah. 2-1. Yeah, I've got to say that because I loved watching them the last AFCON. They had a really lovely midfield. They were a bit goal shy, but in terms of quality football, really enjoyable. Mm. Also, just also shout to Cote d'Ivoire, uh, Ivory Coast for beating Guinea Bissau 2-0 and also Seca Fofana with a banger because very difficult actually to perform in front of your home mm. crowd actually. So I'm really glad he got off a good start. Saka Fafana obviously playing his trade now for Al Nasser in the Saudi Pro League, which is a shame for European audiences. Yeah. Um, we enjoyed watching him greatly when he was there. Yeah, AFCON underway, as is the Asian Cup as well. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on those when they get to the latter stages. In other news, should we do the Bundesliga? Bundesliga is back. It is. It is. Sorry, Sancho. The Bundesliga anyway. is back. And yes. so is Jade and Sancho. Came off the bench. Should we start yeah. there or should we start with the league leaders first? Start the league leaders because they've got um, one problem to solve. They lost Victor Boniface, who's pulled out of Nigeria's AFCON squad until April, I think, with a thigh injury, which is awful mm. news for both Nigeria and Leverkusen. Good news is, still got Patrick Schick. And good news is, still a very resilient team. Got a very late win over Augsburg in their return. This is the cliche. It's kind of win that wins you the title. It, no, absolutely right. Absolutely right. They rested Florian Wirtz, who had a slight problem in the week. I mean, they had all the ball. Yeah, um, they were relentless. They were relentless. Yeah, they were pretty good. They were just kind of like, it felt like one of those games where they were just going to, they weren't going to do it. And then it was a 94th minute winner from Palacios. It had first were, game of World Cup energy. You know, like, yeah, yeah, when you're, did, rusty, yeah. you're rusty and you're like, just get it, get out of jail, get the out of there with the get win. over yeah, the line. Get the hell out of there with three points, yeah. And it was good because Bayern had beaten Hoffenheim 3-0 the night before. Watched on by Eric Dyer. Yes. I love that move for him. Do, me you, too. Me too. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so but good. They, they've got some numbers back now and they look, uh, they look a little bit more decent defensively. Dyer giving them depth at centre-back and in midfield if needed. But more likely centre-back because um, Tuchel doesn't like having to use Goretzka at centre-back. I think he appreciates the sacrifice, but it's not him. He's, he's wasted there. Uh, yeah, but Musiala with two goals, Jamal with two goals, showing up big, and Harry Kane. Harry Kane with the other, yeah. 22nd goal at the halfway stage. That's a rec- That's a equaling Lewandowski's record. It's incredible. There we go. Yeah. But Aaron like Dosky. you mentioned, halfway stage, that yes. does mean that Leverkusen are the Herbstmeister. Yes. For 2023-24, uh, because even if Bayern win their 17th game, which is the rearranged game against Union, they will only be on 44 points. Wouldn't it be really cool if we did like Argentina did and had like open and closing championships? Like a Premier League title. I wonder if they will do that in future years. They'll have like the first half of the Premier League, you'll win a title and the second half you'll win a title. Because actually, we're, cynically speaking, cynically speaking, it might actually, and this is such a, I've just thrown this out there as a suggestion. <laughs> it's an extra trophy, right? And if you think of like squad depth that's, 
you know, the damage that squad depth is doing with all these resources, it might be an attractive option down the line a few years from now. Have two trophies in a season. Do you know what I think? If you won the, the way that would be interesting is just if you won, if you were top at the halfway stage, you got a Champions League spot. And then you can basically write off. So it would make everyone race out to try and win the, wow. the Champions League spot at the halfway point and then go all in on Europe for the rest of the season. Do you know what's so funny about that? Do you know what's funny about that? fixed bubble. It would be sick. Pep would be furious because he'd be like, they're pressing us. They're swarming us. We can't play off in the back. That would actually, do you know what? That's interesting. Okay, there we said it. Split yeah. and split the top half into the, as well. So anyone who finishes <laughs> in the top half can't <laughs> go down. <laughs> uh, back to the Bundesliga. Uh, let's talk about, well, very quickly, the top four has got interesting because mm. uh, Stuttgart lost away at Gladbach. It was an amazing goal for Gladbach after 21 seconds. Um, Robin Hack had scored a lovely goal, actually. Kind of did one of those controls where uh, Rocco Wrights passed the ball th- into him and then he kind of did that um, that really lovely where you control the ball and the ball kind of like almost pops up. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. volleyed it, volleyed yes, it across yes, yes. Uh, Alexander Newbel into the far There's been corner. a couple of those this season, actually. Yeah, yeah. Did, I love that. Well, didn't Florian yeah. Vierts did, did one that we talked about? There was a one in a different league as well. I, I don't remember. Some, there was another one in a different league, actually. Someone popped it up and, and, and cracked it. Glad, uh, Gladbach winning 3-1 against Stuttgart and then and Leipzig lost at home to Eintracht Frankfurt. Mm. Featuring Donny van der Beek. Yes, he looked very happy on Ninsu after the game. Good for him. I mean, when I you, love that move for him. I love you, that move for him. Look at all of them. They all got out, Musa. All, yeah. all the boys are getting out of Manchester United and having a lovely time. Already. The boys are not back in town. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They beat RB Leipzig 1-0. Yep. Uh, Leipzig probably should have won this game, though. They were kind of all over them. Mm. Uh, had had 3.56 XG, Leipzig. Oh, 31 shots on gold, eight at goal, eight on target, 63% possession. Um, yeah, they should have won the game. Javi Simons was great again. But that made it interesting because Dortmund beat Darmstadt 3 0 away. They did. It was 1 0. Jane Till, what, came 20 on. To go. Yeah. Jane came on and handled business, got the assist for the crucial second, um, looked very happy. And then Makoko. Oh, there was a was it Royce who tapped in um, for the second? Yeah, the cele- assist, yeah. The celebration was lovely. You could see there was so much behind that. There was so much behind that celebration. Like, well, yeah, the funny thing was, on he's on when he was there the other day when he when he turned up, Jaden Sancho, and he's like being filmed for you know socials, and he's going through and he's stuff. He's like, "Where's Marco? Where's Marco?" Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that was when they were deciding where he has to sit, and he was just like, "Where's Marco sit?" I love that. Yeah. It didn't really happen. Makoko got a gorgeous goal as well, the third. That yeah, was a lovely goal. piece of footwork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mega goal. But uh, yeah, so that means that um, Dortmund have closed the gap on Champions League spots now to three points. Interesting. First game for uh, Nui Shayan and Sven Bender on the bench yeah, as the new assistants. And it just kind of looks cool. I like that a lot. It just looks good. They, they look very much at home already. Sven Bender was getting very much in the action being the furthest man forward on the, from, the, from the staff and uh, love to see it shouting some orders uh, other, other news just to mention quickly Union got a decent point against Freiburg not bad yeah. you know um, another grinding towards gr- yeah grinding towards or trying to grind towards safety we'll see I mean, look for Union at this point we said just staying up is an achievement yeah this year just stay up yeah 
don't even worry about Europe. Quickly, Spanish Super Cup final. I mean, Real Madrid hammering. Feels, feels, um, well, goodness knows what Barcelona are doing defensively. I mean, well, we knew what they were doing, but I don't know why they were doing it. So Barcelona pushing up extremely high against some of the fastest people on the planet. On the planet. That's like turning off your speed cameras. Like, (laughs) why would you do that? So Barcelona turned their speed cameras and Real Madrid took full advantage. This feels significant only because firepower, we've talked a lot about the need for firepower. Vinicius and Rodrigo combining beautifully. Bellingham against Supreme, then got the assist of the opener and just jogging everywhere and just running the show. But now, and then Chouamani as well, popping in here and there. It just was very, very impressive from Real Madrid. And look, I kind of think that any... Classico of this of this status is important as a, because it, is, it allows Real Madrid to like have a trophy and it's a dress rehearsal for the business end. It's a dress rehearsal for the Champions League knockouts. So Real Madrid just getting everything in order. So yeah, big win for them. Vinicius, sensational. Yeah, he ruined it by doing the Sioux though. I mean, there's a couple of, he, 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 he does that though. There's a couple of things. I mean, like, like, he got fouled by Araujo for the penalty and didn't have to wave the yellow card, like the imaginary yellow card, which Araujo got anyway. Got I mean, everyone does that. I know, I know, but there's just no need for that, you know. Just don't do this, don't do this. Ooh. No one yeah. needs it anymore. Yeah, no need, no need. Game's but then gone. again, I'm just old, I'm just old, so. That's yeah. true, me too, me too. Yeah, Barcelona weren't great. They weren't. Lewandowski scored a great goal, but did, apart from yeah. that. Should we go to the Premier League? Let's, Let's wrap it. on the Premier League. Let's do it. Should we start at Old Trafford? Yes, I think we should. Um, this is so, a really fun game, this. It was, it was a lot of fun. Man United 2, Spurs 2. Timo Werner coming in for Spurs and making, you know, not a bad impression, I thought. He played well. I think he did. Uh, United started well uh, with good pressure and then a really good counter for the goal. Bruno switching it from right to left. Rashford getting out on the, le- on the left flank. Slightly hesitant with the finishing. Good, no, don't get me wrong, really good touch to control. Cut inside. Didn't release it immediately, but it fell to Hoyland who just, Took two touches and then like ripped it top corner. Stayed like, hit. Hoyland is... Angry goal? Oh my, listen, they're all angry. From, from him at the moment, they're all angry. Any goal that could be sound affected by or soundtracked by a... Whoosh, like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's the, you know, I think that's a automatic angry goal. <laughs> <laughs> like old school Kung Fu sound effects. Whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, spectacular strike from him. Spurs got back into it. Richarlison um, with a really nice header actually yeah. for the equaliser. And the, the funny thing about Richarlison's goal, I'll just say this is, it's so strange he went on that massive scoring drought. When you see the kind of goals he scores, the finishing instinct, it's difficult to believe a player of that quality struggled for so long. But anyway, we move. Rashford with the goal of the game, I think, uh, lovely combination play with Hoyland. Another part of his game, Hoyland, I think is slightly underrated. The touch and the, the hold-up play, which I really like. So I'm... Um, just after the second, just after the second, I've started a uh, gorgeous goal from Bentancur. So good. And a really nice piece of work from Werner, who got, got some pretty critical post-match write-ups. And I just yeah, kind of, of thought- course. But he will do, I, though. I, I just, it almost felt like some of the stuff is like almost pre-written with, with Werner. Even with the commentary. one chance, didn't he, that was a bit like, uh, yeah, probably could have done better. And, and, and the commentary just... was like, reminder of the Chelsea days. And I just thought, hang on a minute. Like, um, really? Why are we doing this? Like. Why are we doing this? Anyway, listen, just keep moving, people. Spurs were excellent value for the draw and probably should be slightly 
not annoyed, but on balance, maybe like, oh, we could have got some points here. Could have got the whole thing here. They were really, really good um, for long stretches, Spurs, and, you know, should have come away the win. Really impressive, I thought. Yeah, they, they, were, they were really good in that first half. Yeah. Really, really good. And yeah. I think it was so crucial for Manchester United to get that goal when they did so early because it kind of gave them a little bit of something to hang on to because Spurs were moving the ball so much quicker. They seemed to be so much more fluid. I think, actually, yeah, a good point for Manchester United because mm. I think they could have easily, that could have easily been more pain for Eric Ten Hag. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, I, love what, I love what Porro's doing, for example, a like player like that who just like yeah. steps up and progressive yeah. play, making some great passing from Romero as well throughout the game. Really impressive. So yeah. Yeah, and also though, there were some real positives from Manchester United. Like you can see a kind of a, a nucleus start to f- start to form. I don't know how good that's going to be, mm. but um, could even argue like with some better finishing be, later on from McTominay. They could have. They could have. Yeah, McTominay missed that header. Huh? Snatched it. Yeah. Um, what do you think about it? Was, was it Sir Jim Ratcliffe's first game? He's a local lad. We're not going to. We're not going to the end of that. Um, <laughs> hey, the local lad is the buzzword for this season. Yeah. You know, Although, look, look, fo- look, football in like footballing years. This year is the year of the local lad. Let's be put to, to look at the positives. Look, I just think Ratcliffe's presence is is already a vast improvement. He he very much stuck himself straight next to Sir Alex Ferguson for the whole. I wonder if what Sir Alex Ferguson thought about that being like. Really, I'm next to the I'm next to Ratcliffe already. Not being funny, but um. Like compared to Glazers, um, yeah. Look, look. I can say this: like Ratcliffe is a, it's a massive improvement on the the current ownership. And frankly, if I bought twenty five percent of a struggling asset, I'd be putting myself in every single selfie <laughs> related to that <laughs> asset. You can bet that much. So yeah, uh, they, he says that they need to sign a striker of the equivalent level of Harry Kane, which I think is. Uh, I mean, some doesn't, next, some doesn't next level recruiting doesn't everyone? God. <laughs> Um, yeah enjoyable games are neutral this and um, could have gone either way I think Spurs probably deserved to nick it just but um, encouraging from Spurs especially because they're missing a couple of players still and so Manchester United get some players back Martinez is back which is good for them but um, should we switch our attention to Newcastle Newcastle 2 Manchester City 3 this was another great game what a hell of a game this was yes I want to say on this game, just uh, very quickly, it's fascinating that Newcastle have put Man City in as much defensive disarray as any team I've seen in the last couple of years. And this reminded me of the three-all draw they had against City. You know, when like Sir Maximan basically went directly at Kyle Walker on that diagonal and just basically caused all those problems. And the thing is, the only way you can address Kyle Walker is to go right at him and cut in, which is what Sir Maximan worked out last year. And it was fascinating to see Newcastle the same thing basically twice and a half. First, Isaac. The, the Isaac goal, and I kind of said this about Alexander Isaac. I said this before in the podcast, but I just have to say it again. Look, we knew the man had spectacular skill. The only thing we were talking about was like, if he can just get that regular finishing in, you look at his strike rate for Newcastle, but also the kind of goals he's scoring. The man is poaching, but he's also scoring individual efforts. When he gets possession like that, one-on-one against Kyle Walker, and you freeze frame when he takes the ball, you're thinking it's Kyle Walker. Like, I know that Isaac's a brilliant player, but this is a problem for him. He absolutely takes him out of the equation. Yeah. With ease, actually. Yeah. I saw that and thought to myself, see, that's the kind of goal that makes, you know, you've activated bids from, from other clubs. 
yeah. other agents and the other clubs will now be making substantial offers and offering you long-term projects. Well, like, a lot of rumors yeah. they might have to, uh, you know, move a player or two on this window. So you never know. He is the jewel. He is the jewel. Sensational goal from him that set the tone. Great ball from Gamarish to get in there. And then the second goal, quite similar actually. Gordon cutting in off the flank against Walker. Um, and Anthony Gordon, who was then led at courtside for the, ne- uh, for the next game <laughs> on Monday, which I thought was interesting. Just, just, very, just a very strange thing seeing the NBA post a picture of Anthony Gordon being like, part of a star-studied lineup, courtside at the, the, in Brooklyn. It was I love, like, to see, oh. I love to see that. Oh, but by the way, before I forget, not to disrespect uh, Bernardo Silva enthusiasts, in which there'll be many on this podcast. That goal his was opener, sick. His opener, okay, listen, we, we've criticized Carl Walker for some of the defensive stuff, well, not really his fault because you're playing against these two elite players, but great assist from Carl Walker for the Bernardo Silva back kill, which reminded me of the, um, the Del Piero Champions oh, League yeah. final finish. Yeah, just the gorgeous back kill across the keeper. It's so funny how that back kill finish, we didn't really see it until like sort of the, we didn't really see many of them until like the early 90s and all of a sudden, like, you know, football's like it's a copycat sport. And all of a sudden forwards are going, wow, this is actually an amazing way to finish. It's not necessarily even just a stylish way to finish. It's actually the most efficient way to beat a keeper because it's the last thing you expect when the ball's coming across like that. So great finish from Bernardo. Technology, man. Technology, exactly. So gone to the second half um, and the comeback from City. And this is the thing, Kevin De Bruyne's return. <sighs> but everyone knew, didn't they? Everyone was like, look, when this guy returns to fitness, it'll be pivotal. And it's literally already happened. The two games he's been back, you know, it's brilliant in his first game back was a slightly easier return, but this was a tougher assignment. At St. James is down 2-1. And like, look, a lot will be made of his Tony Crow style finish, which of course is sensational for his equaliser. I want to talk very quickly about the Tony Crow style um, assist from Rodri. There's that whole stat that um, we watched the Tony Crow's podcast I'm obsessed with, where there's a stat in the Champions League where the only player ahead of Cruz for putting a player in a better position when they got the ball was Rodri. Rodri was the best in the Champions League at that. This pass, the pass that he plays into De Bruyne's feet for the second goal is out of this world. He's jogging across the centre circle, then he pops the ball in the opposite direction between three players and all of a sudden all three of them are out of the game. Yeah. It's absolutely next level midfield play. It is sensational. I just... And then Rodri's on the edge of the box doing stepovers. I'm like, hang on a minute. Like, you can really see who Pepper's given license, can't you? Yeah, it's, it's like when someone, you know, like when a really famous band is joined by another guitarist for one song and the usual guitarist of that band is just like, I can go fucking wild now because we've yes. got this guy. <laughs> you know I mean? It's just like fucking KDB's back. I can just no, do, I can start like... It's like your pep thing. exactly. You know your thing about PK... You love when PK runs forward. It's like, yeah. P- it's like Pep, some, he's heard that at some level. He's been like, oh, what if PK just stayed forward? Yeah. What if he just stayed forward? What if we just take our defence midfielder, our number six, and put him on the edge of the box all the time? Because yeah. who's expecting a six to like hot dog? And now Busquets hot is probably watching dog. that going, hang on a minute, why didn't I get to do that? <laughs> Can I shout out the, the actual, the opening his body up for the first Kevin De Bruyne, well, the Kevin De Bruyne goal, because it completely, like there's a slow-mo from directly behind De Bruyne and you just see it shift to Bravka's weight onto his Sends him the wrong way. Because he looks like he's going to go far corner. And it's just so smart. That whole goal is like cerebral from Rodri's pass to the finish. Mm. To it give looked the too the easy, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But it was really difficult. And then actually the pass, the pass for the, for the, for the winner, uh, shout out Oscar Bob, by the way, because that was like, 
That was the second Del Piero moment of the match. That was such a Del Piero finish. That 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 was was, unreal. uh, The goal right at the end of training. Yes, next goal wins. Yeah. Your joke. This is literally what I said to my friend yesterday. So that's a next goal wins goal. We that's a, a five aside. We should do a podcast. We should do a podcast. That's yeah. that's so funny. When my friend hears this, he's going to laugh. Literally last night we were discussing this. That's what it is. Like go, man. cutting quick feet, bang. Oscar Bob, man. Obviously, the Premier League's on that kind of weird semi break at the moment. So City are up to second because Villa drew with uh, Everton yesterday. Uh, and Martinez with a couple of great saves in mm. that game. Not uh, the worst result for either team. Not the worst no, not really. Team. No. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, other game, Chelsea beating Fulham 1 0 on Saturday, thanks to a Cole Palmer penalty. Burnley drawing with Luton on Friday, 1 all. One final thing on the Premier League Everton and Nottingham Forest have been referred to the Independent Commission over alleged breaches of spending rules. We talked about this on Righty's House, actually, with Swiss Ramble on Friday. So if you're, anyone wants to go and listen to that, a lot of that will apply but uh, no word yet on any punishment Everton are appealing their already given 10 point deduction the Forest when we kind of expected it was coming um, I think maybe we'll hold off on this and do a little bit on it maybe even next episode or, yeah. or when the uh, when the conclusion comes mm, yeah but yeah more problems with the Premier League especially with that whole City thing just overhanging it we know that it's way more complicated but still yeah very, very tricky. Uh, one final shout before we go. Uh, Athletic Club beating Real Sociedad in the derby on the weekend 2-1. And uh, I just thought it was really cool. Like Valverde and Imanol on the touchline. Perfect icons. Give them both so statues. Classy. So classic. I'm not even that big statues guy, but for them, I think we changed the... Change longer. Not a big statues guy. Not really, not really. So I've got my faves I want statues for. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You should have a statue, right? <laughs> get out of here no. stop that uh, anyway that win puts Athletic Club into third uh, any other football you want to shout out or should we leave it for that uh, yeah slightly um, sad note many will have heard already but yeah Sven Goran Eriksson yeah Pretty diagnosed sad. with pancreatic cancer um, given about a year I think they were saying uh, no so cure sad. for that so he said yeah just gonna just gonna do my thing just gonna do my thing he said um, so yeah that's a, obviously a sad note one of the youngest ever managers to take a team to the European Cup final with Benfica back in the day. Yeah. So really ahead of his time in that sense. And a distinguished career throughout. So yeah. A sad, a sad note to end on, but one I thought worth, worth mentioning. All right, man. I reckon we leave it there for today. Yes, let's do it. Let's bounce. Let's bounce. Uh, we hope everyone stays safe, staying well. And uh, yeah, don't forget to check Counter Press, which is back. Check Wright's House on Friday when that returns. If you want to hear more about the Nottingham Forest Everton stuff, go and check Wright's House, the Wright's House episode from last Friday with Swiss Ramble. We'll be back on Thursday. Till then, don't forget to check the Stadio Outros place on Spotify. Speaking of which, we are playing out on Rodelius, a track from the Tape Archive Essence 1973 to 1978 album which is out on the brilliant Bureau B label. Anything you would like to add, Musa Gonga? Nothing further. Nothing further. All right, everyone. Much love. Uh, we'll be back with you in a couple of days. We will indeed. See you then.
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 